In a sprawling city where modern skyscrapers touched the heavens and vehicles roared through the web of intricate roads, stood a building that defied contemporary aesthetics. It was an architectural anomaly, neither art deco nor brutalist, neither Victorian nor modern. Instead, it appeared as though different epochs had each contributed a layer to this eclectic monolith. The first few floors boasted sturdy stone facades with intricate carvings, reminiscent of times when craftsmanship took precedence over time. Higher up, the architecture transitioned to the functional blocks of mid-century design, and then to glass and steel casings nearer the top. It had 23 floors in total, or so said the official plans, resident leases, and city records. But what set tongues wagging was not the melange of design or even its disrepair over the years, it was the elevator at the core of its structure. An elevator, seemingly like any other, with metallic double doors and a gleaming brass panel of buttons inside. Yet, among the usual numbered buttons, there was one that drew both attention and apprehension. It was a tarnished, almost worn button at the very bottom of the panel, labeled only with an enigmatic question mark. Over the years, whispers transformed into stories, stories into rumors, and rumors into legends. Residents, both new and long-standing, shared hushed tales of individuals who had dared to press this uncanny button. These were tales shrouded in mystery, for no one who pressed it was ever seen or heard from again. Did the elevator plunge into the bowels of the earth, or did it soar to some unnamed floor beyond the physical construct of the building? No one knew, and no one who found out lived to tell the tale. Thus, the building stood as an oddity in the landscape of the city, its secrets cloistered in the walls and tucked between dimensions, awaiting another who would dare to unravel the enigma of the tarnished button in the elevator. A moving van parked in front of the peculiar building, its sides dented and paint faded, a humdrum contrast to the architectural enigma behind it. From it emerged a family, parents lost in the logistics of the move, younger siblings more interested in the buzz of the city around them. Among them was a teenager, a distinct aura of introspection cloaking him. While his family busied themselves unpacking boxes and coordinating with movers, his attention was elsewhere. From the moment he had crossed the threshold of the building, he felt an irresistible pull towards its center, like a magnet drawing him to its core. The whispers he'd heard from the building's old custodian, the snippets of conversation caught from longtime residents, all fueled his fascination. Unlike most who might feel unease or apprehension at the notion of a haunted or mystical building, he was invigorated. This wasn't his first encounter with the strange or mysterious, but something told him it would be unlike any other. The teenager couldn't shake his awareness of the elevator at the heart of these stories, and as his family settled into their new apartment, his curiosity escalated into a need. Late one night, when the sounds of the city had dimmed to a distant hum, he found himself drawn towards it, as if in a trance. Finally standing before the elevator, he felt a tingle of anticipation coupled with a pinch of dread. He watched the metallic doors part as he pressed the call button, and there it was, the brass panel with its array of buttons and, of course, the enigmatic tarnished one at the bottom marked only with a question mark. While any sane person might have questioned the wisdom of what he was about to do, to him it felt like destiny. The allure was just too potent to resist. So, 
There, in the stillness of the night, enveloped by the subtle glow of the elevator light, he found himself staring intently at the tarnished button. The pull towards it was almost gravitational, as if the stories, rumors, and myths had all coalesced into this one moment, this one decision that would propel him into the unknown. The air inside the elevator felt dense, as though filled with the exhalations of all who had dared to make this choice before him. Time seemed to stretch in that confined space, each tick of the second hand echoing louder in his ears. His eyes fixated on the tarnished button, its surface marred by age and touch, a stark contrast to the neatly polished ones indicating the building's known flaws. He felt a swell of conflicting emotions as his finger hovered near the button. The weight of the unknown pressed upon him, manifesting as a tingling sense of foreboding that climbed up his spine. Each heartbeat pounded like a drum, amplifying the gravity of the choice he was about to make. Should he heed the cautionary tales whispered through the halls and stairwells? Should he quench this burning curiosity that had stoked his imagination since his arrival? Then, in a surge of resolution that swept away his hesitation, he made his decision. It was as if the pull of the mysterious, the allure of the inexplicable, and his own innate curiosity had converged into a singular force of will. His finger moved with a certainty that silenced his doubts, making contact with the cold, tarnished metal of the button. As he pressed it, a hush seemed to fall over the universe. The elevator itself responded with an uncanny shudder, as if waking from a long slumber. The numbers on the digital display above flickered erratically for a moment, turning into symbols that transcended human language, arcane glyphs that appeared to dance in an eldritch fire. The elevator then began its descent. But this was no ordinary movement. It was as though the machinery had abandoned the laws of physics, plunging faster than gravity would allow. He felt his stomach churn, not merely from the rapid descent, but also from the sensation of leaving something behind, like an astronaut untethered, drifting away from the safety of the known. And as the sensation intensified, it became clear that he was headed not just to an unknown floor, but perhaps an unknown realm altogether. When the elevator doors finally slid open, he was met with a panorama so alien it defied his senses. Gone were the concrete walls and the predictable geometry of the building. Instead, he stepped into a realm where the sky was a perpetual twilight, where ethereal clouds hung low, drenched in hues of deep purple and azure. The air here was thick with a smoky mist, subtly tinged with the scent of ozone and decay. The landscape before him resembled a distorted reflection of the world he knew. Buildings stood but not as triumphs of architecture, rather, they were crumbling monuments to desolation, twisted in form as if molded by invisible, gargantuan hands. Trees with gnarled branches stretched their arms in grotesque shapes, covered in leaves that seemed almost metallic, shimmering with an iridescent glow. Streets snaked through the terrain in meandering, labyrinthine coils, filled with ash-like substance instead of concrete. It wasn't just the physical elements that unsettled him. It was the atmosphere, thick with an intangible sense of sorrow and malice. Faces appeared to him from the recesses of the darkened buildings and the twisted foliage, translucent and ephemeral. These faces would glance at him and disappear before he could focus his eyes, as though the very act of observation scared them away. 
Spirits roamed this realm, shadowy figures drifting aimlessly, their forms vague and indistinct, like ink blots dispersing in water. But amongst these aimless wanderers were other entities, darker, more solid forms that lurked in the periphery of his vision. These did not vanish when looked upon, they hid and observed, their eyes glowing faintly in the ambient twilight. Malevolent watchers in a domain of lost souls. As he took in his surroundings, a bone-deep chill coursed through him. He was in a realm of forgotten things, a place where the boundaries between the corporeal and the spectral had eroded. Yet, even in his awe and dread, the core of his being, that unyielding kernel of curiosity, remained alight. For he knew that to return to his world, he would have to explore the mysteries of this forsaken dimension. And so, with a deep breath to steel himself, he ventured forward into the twilight abyss. As he moved deeper into this unsettling realm, the nature of its denizens became increasingly apparent. The spirits that roamed this plane were as varied as they were numerous. Some appeared almost human, their forms resembling people he might pass on the street, albeit pallid and translucent. Their faces wore expressions of confusion and longing, as if perpetually searching for something just beyond their grasp. They didn't seem to notice him, so much as they noticed through him, their eyes empty and unfocused. Others among them were less recognizable, their forms twisted and distorted, as if suffering from the weight of their existential plight. These seemed to have been here far longer, their shapes altered by the corrosive atmosphere of this realm. And while they too floated aimlessly, they emanated an aura of sorrow so dense it felt almost tactile. Walking among them was like navigating through a living fog of despair. Even though he remained untouched and unacknowledged, the collective misery seeped into him, as water might seep through the pores of a submerged stone. It was a struggle to maintain focus, to not be subsumed by the ambient sorrow that filled the air like thick smoke. But what concerned him most were the malevolent entities that persisted in the shadows. Unlike the spirits, these beings were keenly aware of him. Their forms were more defined, more substantial, and their eyes glinted with a dark intelligence. They never approached him directly, instead, they stalked him from a distance, always just out of reach, yet ever-present. It was as though they were bound by some unspoken rule or invisible boundary, their malevolence held in check by a force he did not yet understand. Each step he took was a delicate dance, a calculated balance between attracting the attention of these darker entities and avoiding the dispiriting influence of the lost souls. He began to notice patterns in the eternally dusklit sky, a cosmic geometry that he couldn't quite comprehend but felt was fundamentally important. Equally puzzling were the markings on some of the decaying buildings, symbols that seemed to resonate with the odd glyphs he had seen in the elevator. The realization dawned on him, these were not just random elements, they were clues, pieces of a greater puzzle that governed the rules of this reality. And if he could solve it, perhaps he could find his way back to the world he knew. With a resolve hardened by this newfound understanding, he continued his trek, ever watchful of the lurking dangers and the answers that lay hidden in the very fabric of this realm. The farther he ventured into this enigmatic world, the more he sensed an escalation in the atmosphere around him. The malevolent entities that had once merely observed from a distance now seemed agitated, 
their movements becoming erratic, their glowing eyes flashing brighter and more frequently. It was as if his continued presence and his newfound understanding of the environment were disrupting an unseen balance. Simultaneously, the meandering paths he followed began to change. The labyrinthine streets started narrowing, the buildings loomed closer, as if conspiring to funnel him towards an unseen destination. He also noticed that the symbols etched on the dilapidated structures around him grew denser, their arcane geometry more intricate. These were not mere adornments, they were signposts, each more complex than the last, pointing him toward an unavoidable confrontation. Despite the escalating tension and the mounting sense of dread, his curiosity remained undimmed. Every clue he deciphered, every pattern he recognized, drew him closer to the answers he sought. However, the pursuit of knowledge is not without its price. The malevolent entities were now too agitated to maintain their passive observance. It was as if an invisible line had been crossed, a boundary violated. Suddenly, he found himself being pursued. Shadows detached themselves from the walls and began to coalesce into more definitive shapes, still dark but undeniably sentient. They advanced not as individual entities but as a unified, flowing mass, like a river of darkness with a singular, predatory intent. Fueled by adrenaline, he quickened his pace, his feet barely touching the ashen ground. While he could not hear footsteps behind him, he felt the palpable force of malevolence gaining ground. Yet, even in this desperate flight, his eyes caught sight of one more symbol, one that bore a striking resemblance to the glyphs inside the elevator, but fractured, as if incomplete. An instinctive realization washed over him. This symbol was crucial, the final piece of the puzzle he needed to solve to escape this reality. With the shadows closing in and the malevolent entities almost upon him, he approached the symbol. His fingers trembled as he reached out to touch it, not knowing what would transpire but understanding that this was the only option left. The moment his fingers made contact with the intricate symbol, the world around him quivered as if reverberating to an inaudible frequency. An arcane luminescence emanated from the symbol, casting an ethereal glow that momentarily held the advancing shadows at bay. A strange sense of harmony enveloped him, as if the fractured pieces of this reality were briefly aligning. Then, materializing from the radiant glow, an object appeared before him. It was an artifact of sorts, an ornate key wrought from a material that seemed neither metal nor stone. It shimmered with an internal light, its form etched with the same arcane glyphs that he had seen in the elevator and throughout this realm. Holding it in his hand, he felt an empowering resonance, as if the artifact itself was imbued with the very essence of this dimension. The malevolent entities recoiled at the sight of the artifact, their forms dissolving into disorganized swirls of darkness. It was evident that the artifact wielded some form of authority over them, or at least offered protection from their predatory intent. Holding the artifact aloft, he could almost hear whispers in a language beyond words, guiding him, directing him toward where he needed to go next. Without hesitation, he followed these unspoken directions, clutching the artifact tightly as he navigated through the distorted landscape. As he moved, the world around him started to shift, the colors becoming brighter, the air less oppressive. The artifact seemed to be not just a key, 
but a catalyst for transformation, subtly altering the very fabric of this dimension. Intriguingly, the spirits he had seen earlier now seemed to react to his presence. They turned to look at him, or rather, the artifact, as if recognizing something long forgotten. Their eyes, once empty, flickered with a glimmer of sentience, a hint of relief. It was a fleeting connection, one that evaporated as quickly as it appeared, but it left him with a profound sense of hope and responsibility. Although he felt empowered, he also sensed the gravity of what he held. The artifact was not just a tool, it was a nexus of possibilities, a key to unimaginable doors. And as he continued his journey through this increasingly malleable reality, the weight of that understanding grew. To wield such power was to accept its corresponding duty, the need to resolve not just his own predicament, but the complex tapestry of destinies interwoven with this mysterious realm. Guided by the artifact's subtle resonance, he eventually arrived at a structure that differed markedly from the dilapidated edifices he had seen so far. This building was a towering monolith, its surface adorned with highly intricate symbols that glowed with a soft luminescence, mirroring the artifact he held. It stood as a citadel amidst chaos, a beacon in a land bereft of light. As he approached, the artifact began to vibrate, its resonance intensifying in harmony with the symbols on the monolith. For the first time since he'd entered this realm, he felt a sense of homecoming, as if this destination had always been the ultimate focus of his journey. With bated breath, he touched the artifact to the surface of the monolith. The world rippled around him as the symbols on the building and the artifact merged into a seamless stream of arcane luminescence. Reality unfolded itself like the petals of a cosmic flower, layers of illusions peeling away to reveal a core truth. In that moment of unity, a torrent of understanding flooded his mind, a revelation so profound it was as if he were glimpsing the hidden machinery of the universe. He understood now that this realm was not merely a separate dimension but a mirror of his own world, reflecting its forgotten, repressed, and unspoken aspects. The spirits he saw were not random entities but the manifestations of lost human potentials, the roads not taken, the lives not lived. And the malevolent entities? They were the keepers of this realm, tasked with maintaining the balance by any means necessary. Moreover, he realized that the artifact was a cipher for the fabric of both dimensions, a linchpin holding the two realities together yet apart. It was a gateway but also a lock, and he was the keymaster. Just as quickly as this revelation came, it receded, leaving him standing before the now quiescent monolith. Although the torrential understanding had ebbed away, its essence remained, indelibly imprinted on the core of his being. What he chose to do next would irrevocably affect not just his own fate but the equilibrium of both worlds. With the profound revelations still reverberating in his mind, he understood that his actions were bound by a greater tapestry of cause and effect. He couldn't simply use the artifact to sever the link between the two realms or to banish the malevolent entities that lurked in this reality. Such an act would unbalance the delicate equilibrium, unleashing unforeseeable consequences in both dimensions. His grip tightened around the artifact, now humming with a subdued but persistent energy. Taking a final glance at the monolith, he retraced his steps, 
aware that the malevolent entities still loitered in the peripheries of this reality, wary but powerless to prevent his departure. As he walked, the landscape around him began to shift once more, but this time in response to the artifact's pulsating energy. The twilight sky seemed to brighten, the somber atmosphere lifting. The spirits he encountered now appeared less forlorn, as if sensing a pending change. And the malevolent entities? They retreated into the deeper shadows, their malevolence replaced by a palpable uncertainty. Eventually, he found himself standing before the twisted visage of the elevator, its door ajar as if expecting his return. It was both an exit and an entrance, a boundary between two inextricably connected worlds. Inserting the artifact into an almost imperceptible slot next to the mysterious button on the elevator's panel, he felt the energies of the two dimensions intertwine, seeking equilibrium. The doors closed, and as the elevator began its ascension, he felt an overwhelming sense of both loss and accomplishment. He had touched the essence of a hidden reality, unraveled its mysteries, and emerged irrevocably changed. But the artifact and the knowledge it imparted stayed behind, sealed within that realm as a safeguard against imbalance and an enduring promise of potential transformation. As the elevator door slid open, revealing the familiar corridor of his apartment building, he stepped out, knowing that he had closed a chapter yet opened countless others. The burden of revelation weighed heavy on him, but it was a weight he was willing to carry. For in seeking the unknown, he had found not just answers but also questions, not just an ending but a new beginning. Upon his return, the teenager found himself in a world both familiar and foreign. While everything seemed as it should be, the lens through which he viewed it had irrevocably changed. Armed with the knowledge and experiences from the other dimension, he couldn't ignore the undercurrents of unseen forces, the shadows that played at the edges of ordinary reality. More disturbingly, he realized that the malevolent entities had not relinquished their pursuit. Inexplicable phenomena began to manifest around him. Objects in his apartment would relocate of their own accord, electronic devices would malfunction without reason, and at night, he could hear the soft, insidious whispering emanating from the dark corners of his room. He understood then that his return had not gone unnoticed, the entities from the alternate dimension were exerting their influence, attempting to reach into his world. The elevator might have been a boundary, but boundaries, he learned, could be permeable. The race was now on to seal the rift before it widened into a gaping chasm through which these entities could freely emerge. Remembering the symbols he'd seen in the other dimension and their resonance with the artifact, he set to work transcribing them as accurately as he could onto sheets of paper. Over the course of several nights, a complex tapestry of interconnected glyphs and patterns took form. They were blueprints for a ritual, a way to strengthen the fabric between the two realms, to relock the door he had inadvertently opened. His days were a blur as he gathered the materials for the ritual, specific stones that resonated with latent energies, incenses that corresponded to certain symbols, and a series of metals that needed to be arranged in a particular geometric pattern. All the while, the disturbances escalated, the shadows grew bolder, more tangible, and the line between the two worlds thinned ever more precariously. Finally, with everything prepared, he initiated the ritual. Placing the stones in their designated positions and lighting the incense, 
he began chanting the incantations corresponding to the symbols. At first, nothing happened. Then, slowly, the atmosphere in the room grew heavy, as if reality itself were holding its breath. The shadows recoiled, retreating to the dark corners from whence they came. The fabric of the two worlds trembled, seeking equilibrium. As he reached the climax of the ritual, he felt as if a monumental force were pressing against him from the other side, a final, desperate attempt by the malevolent entities to thwart the ceiling. Beads of sweat formed on his forehead as he pushed back with all the willpower he could muster. The final word left his lips just as he felt the immense force relent. A sudden calm filled the room, and he knew he had succeeded. The boundary was resealed, the rift closed, for now. In the days that followed the ritual, life regained a semblance of normality, but it was a normality forever altered by the awareness of the profound and the arcane. The disturbances ceased, electronic devices functioned as expected, and the nightly whispers were replaced by the familiar quietude. The teenager, too, was transformed, carrying within him a silent vigilance and a keen sensitivity to the subtle energies that ebb and flow beneath the surface of ordinary existence. But as much as he wanted to move on, to perhaps forget the dimension he had explored and its haunting revelations, something pulled him back. It wasn't just curiosity or the burden of knowledge. It was a sense of unresolved business, a lingering connection to the spirits and the mysteries of that alternate realm. Even though the malevolent entities had been warded off, the spirits, manifestations of untapped potentials and lost possibilities, still roamed aimlessly, confined to an existence of eternal twilight. And so, armed with a newfound purpose, he found himself standing once again in front of the enigmatic elevator. It appeared unchanged, its panel devoid of the mysterious button and slot where the artifact had fit. But he knew better, with a deep breath, he reached out to touch the panel, focusing on the symbols he had seen, reciting the incantations in his mind. The elevator responded, not with a mechanical whir or the lighting up of buttons, but with a subtle shift in the air, a faint tremor in the fabric of reality. The doors slid open, revealing not the other floors of his apartment building, but the labyrinthine streets of the alternate dimension, tinged in twilight yet somehow less oppressive, less foreboding. As he stepped through the threshold, he felt not the disorientation or dread that had initially accompanied his first journey but a sense of purpose, a mission to resolve the threads of destiny left hanging in that surreal world. With a determined stride, he ventured deeper, aware that he was crossing not just a physical boundary but an ethical one as well, taking on a mantle of responsibility that transcended both worlds. Upon his return to the alternate dimension, he noticed almost immediately that the landscape had shifted. The skies were less oppressive, and the haunting malevolence that once dominated the atmosphere seemed to have ebbed away. It was as if his previous interventions, both the artifact and the ritual, had initiated a process of healing or stabilization. He walked through the labyrinthine streets with a sense of optimism, feeling that perhaps he could indeed make a difference. Guided by an unspoken intuition, he found his way back to the towering monolith. It still stood as enigmatic as ever, but this time it seemed to welcome him. As he approached, symbols on its surface started to glow, forming a configuration that he had not seen before. Within this new pattern, 
he perceived a hidden geometry, an intricate balance between forces, a roadmap to resolutions he had not considered. That's when it hit him, the twist, the final piece of the cosmic puzzle. The artifact, the monolith, the spirits, and even the malevolent entities were not just components of an alternate dimension. They were reflections of his own inner world, metaphors of his psychological landscape. The spirits represented facets of his own untapped potential. The malevolent entities were manifestations of his repressed fears and unresolved conflicts. By transforming the alternate dimension, he was, in effect, transforming himself. His courage in facing the unknown had catalyzed a process of internal growth and self-awareness. And the ultimate realization was this. The elevator was not a vehicle to another realm but a conduit to deeper layers of his own consciousness, a gateway to self-discovery. The implications were profound. Every decision he made here had its echo within him, every victory or failure a reflection of his own personal development. As he stood before the monolith, deeply moved by this revelation, he sensed that his journey was far from over. Both worlds would continue to evolve, affected by the choices he made and the wisdom he gained. And so, he returned to his world, not as a conqueror of foreign realms or a master of arcane artifacts, but as a young man awakened to the intricate complexities of his own being. The elevator doors closed behind him, but another portal opened within, one that led to uncharted territories of the soul, a realm where the most profound mysteries and the most transformative treasures lay hidden, waiting to be discovered.